The ancient Greeks and the Romans had gods of laughter. So does the Shinto religion. And then there's that Bible verse that a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. At Loma Linda University, a Seventh-day Adventist institution whose motto is to make the man whole, Lee Burke is a pioneering medical specialist researching how the brain and the body interact. A good old-fashioned belly laugh can be good for the belly. <laughs> and other body parts, too. But in this comical yet snarky political season, are all laughs created equal? So we know that there are endorphins when we feel good, things that and elements in our body that help us fight pain and right. other elements that exacerbate stress when we're stressed out. How does humor work, laughing work, physically in the body? I was intrigued uh, back in the late 70s, uh, very late 70s, early 80s, uh, about the impact of what was called the runner's high. But uh, it was nobody in medicine were accepting or believing that uh, that was uh, physiology or biology. It was something mystical. And the technology allowed for us, uh, and we actually did the initial studies on subjects by, uh, who were exercising by putting them on treadmills and taking their blood samples, and that we actually could show that the endorphins would rise in those that were exercising. With the laughter research, we were showing that laughter could reduce the stress hormones, cortisol, and epinephrine, or adrenaline. The acronym HAML, Humor Associated Mirthful Laughter, suggests that there are other kinds of laughter than mirthful. I can think of Sardonic laughter, I suppose, and laughing instead of crying laughter. Uh, yeah, there are different forms uh, of laughter. There are uh, schizophrenics who have organic disease uh, that can laugh uncontrollably, but it's not the same brain chemistry or physiology as one who's experiencing mirthful laughter, where we see uh, uh, people or observe people being injured or hurt, and we laugh at them. In that case, one is, is really enjoying the pathology as opposed to the mirthful or joyfulness. You've called women you don't like fat pigs, dogs, slobs, and disgusting animals. Your Twitter account Only Rosie several... O'Donnell. No, it wasn't. So you don't it's get the a, medical benefit of that kind of laughter? Uh, that is absolutely correct. What about the kind of, of maybe desperate laughter we're doing now by the millions watching this current presidential campaign? There is a, a sense of laughter that, in, that is encased in coping. I'm laughing because I don't want to cry. I'm laughing because I don't know what else to do. Uh, and a lot of Americans are perceiving a lot of what's going on right now with elections as being uh, beyond silliness. So a coping modality is to uh, to, to laugh or chuckle at it. Uh, I mean, what uh, it, you don't see people going down the street crying about it. Well, not yet. 
There is so much comedy out there everywhere. A number of television shows, late night shows, an entire channel called comedy. YouTube, Twitter is full of it. So why aren't we in a better frame of mind? Uh, depends what we're selecting. And the question is whether the stresses of our current existence and life and lifestyles are, are superseding our ability to cope with them. Do you hear from doctors who will prescribe for their patients, say, watch six episodes of The Big Bang Theory and call me in the morning? Absolutely. It is synonymous with what used to occur with exercise. Uh, before uh, exercise, aerobic exercise, was reported as being good for you as opposed to being silly. The same is true relative to uh, humor and laughter. Uh, uh, there are benefits. There are defined hormone benefits, uh, decreasing stress hormone benefits, decreasing high, blo uh, high blood pressure, increasing components of the immune system that are beneficial. Uh, that help fight off disease, uh, uh, that help uh, uh, certain immune cells. And uh, the, the dilemma is, can, can uh, we prescribe it so that it becomes part of the artillery of the therapeutic process? Here, take these antibiotics, but I want you to uh, uh, laugh and watch uh, a couple of sitcoms that you enjoy. There was an actor, supposedly Edmund Keene, who had this to say about comedy. And here's Peter O'Toole quoting him in the film My Favorite Year. On his deathbed, Keene was asked how he felt. He answered, dying is easy. Comedy is hard. Now, everyone pretty much cries at the same thing, but laughs at different things. How do you accommodate that in your research? I cannot use the same humor for every subject. Humor is culture-based, humor is subculture-based, and humor is individualized within that subculture that they live. So that which one finds humorous, uh, the other finds, uh, finds irritating. So we have a list of different types of comedy for them to select from for that which they find humorous and funny. Because I can't force you or any subject to watch uh, Abbott and Costello, uh, a, a young person to be uh, engrossed in Abbott and, uh, Abbott and Costello, uh, where they have been, uh, uh, they have grown up in the era of Ellen DeGeneres and other current comedians. So it, it, there's a different uh, 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 interpretation of what is comedy. A lot of the comedy that's portrayed on television today uh, uh, and the terms that are used as this is humor or comedy is one of degradation. Yeah, I, I, if I uh, use the phrase that uh, uh, your mother looks like a uh, pig, uh, then they push the canned laughter button for the sitcom. Uh, the kids that are watching this then are being conditioned that this is what comedy is supposed to be, and I'm supposed to laugh at it. This seems to be an instance where uh, common wisdom was way ahead of medical wisdom. You had, of course, in Reader's Digest, the laughter is the best medicine section. In Mary Poppins, you have a character 
who floats away into the room when he laughs because it makes him feel better. I love to laugh <laughs> loud and long and clear. I love to laugh. <laughs> it's getting worse every year. The great author and editor Norman Cousins wrote about using laughter to fight disease. When he was diagnosed with a heart ailment, he found that watching 10 minutes of the Marx Brothers or Candid Camera gave him two hours of painless sleep. The person that's responsible for the current state of mind-body medicine is Norman Cousins. Norman Cousins came down to Loma Linda and sat across the table from, uh, from me uh, with his wife. And he says, I, I, I want to show that laughter can affect the immune system and your hormones. He says, well, how much money would it take? I said, well, I, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Next words out of his mouth were, who do I write the check to? And that's how we got started. There's been for decades a resistance in some quarters of standard medicine to anything that doesn't seem measurable to the idea of, for example, even acupuncture, things that are not part of the Western medical canon. Did you encounter that? Yeah. Medicine uh, back in the 70s, 1970s, 1980s, uh, the resistance was enormous because uh, medicine was in a black box. So if you couldn't measure it, it didn't exist. Eastern medicine, however, always was into that, the yin, the yang. So in some sense, they were ahead of Western medicine. So that was the era that complementary alternative medicine started. Now I can show you that indeed, that the brain can influence uh, the production of hormones. Who would you like to sit down in a chair in your lab and test? Someone like John Stewart, maybe? What would you look for? I would look for the results so that I could uh, interpret the results rather uh, relative to John Stewart. I want to look at his brain state when he's uh, laughing and when he's under stress. What makes you laugh? Oh golly, I got grandkids that uh, that uh, are a scream. I love Tim Conway and Harvey Corman doing their skit when he's sitting in the dental chair. Every time I watch it, which is almost every other day, is absolutely uplifting for me. Okay, Novocaine. Here we are, Novocaine. Take a firm hold of the hypodermic needle. Right. <laughs> There'll be a little bit of pain, and then numbness will set in. <laughs> See, humor and laughter produces dopamine in the brain. Dopamine is pleasure and reward. It's our own intrinsic, internal medicine. Lee Burke of Loma Linda University, thank you. You're more than welcome. Pat Morrison Asks is produced for the Los Angeles Times by Pat Morrison. It's engineered and edited by Todd G. Levin. The clips come from Fox News, from Warner Brothers' film My Favorite Year, from Disney's Mary Poppins, and from The Carol Burnett Show. I am Pat Morrison. 